0: what up everybody and welcome to another episode of the black expat podcast my name is carl and i'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode how are you guys doing this lovely friday hope everybody has an exciting interesting fun-filled weekend ahead of them and guess what you made it through another work week you made it through another work week in a pandemic and more importantly you hopefully made it to another check because hopefully some of you guys got paid today and if you did make sure you become a patron of the black expat podcast click the link in the description to do that and you'll get all of my custom content which i release and raffles and all that stuff that i do as well but more importantly um, what I want you guys to do, a lot of people have been asking about like my old shows that I've done, like not the morning, the morning check-ins. You can actually find all of my episodes on Podbean. Like I think I said this before on Apple podcasts and even on some other streaming platforms, you can only get up to a hundred episodes, but I've done well over a hundred. So if you want to get some of the content that I first started out talking about, like my travels, you know, going through Australia, New Zealand, all these other places, make sure you go and. Uh, subscribe to me on Podbean. That's how you get access to everything. That's where I host all of my shows. But enough about all that. You should already know this already. If not, hope that you learned and you go ahead and do that. But what I want to talk about today, now, notice the episode is called Final Destination. I'm going to part, I'm going to three-part this series because I think it's important. But um, you guys know me. I've said this several times. I believe that you are who you are at home, at work, etc. You are, you know, what you habitually do. So if you're confrontational, you're confrontational at home, you're confrontational at work, you're confrontational in your private lives. I've recently learned that if you're confrontational, if you confront a person who's confrontational, it just leads to more confrontation and they enjoy that and they think that is normal. I don't know, I've learned that recently. Uh, You know, if you're compassionate, you're compassionate at home, at work, in your friendship groups, right? Do you listen? You're a listener, you're a good listener everywhere. You know, do you problem solve, right? Do you blame, deflect? I believe fundamentally that you are what you habitually do. And some people, you know, you just are who you are. And even when this is highlighted, right, you can change, you can shift, you can tone it down, but it kind of never really goes away unless you're adamant about making this life change because it'll somehow make you better or somehow improve the quality of life. But if you go on through 20 30, 40 years of your life being this way and you found success in that or you found comfort in that or you found peace in that, I truly believe that, hey, that's just who you are, right? You're confrontational. You're compassionate. You're a problem solver. You're a listener. You're a blamer, deflector. You love your family a lot or you don't love your family a lot, right? This is just who you've grown to be. Why do I say that? One of the things that I found, you know, in my transition back to America, and I'm very, very fortunate to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rebuilding if you've been following the podcast you know that i'm rebuilding and going through a lot of different things but um i'm just very fortunate to work with and uh, work for just an amazing company right but more than that i work for an amazing company which a good leader who happens to be younger than me uh but good leaders right um why do i say that happens to be younger than me because it's important if you guys remember you know when i became a leader a manager a director in taiwan i was 21 years old and i was leading people who were much older than me, right? And I'm always preface this by saying, I made a ton of mistakes. I failed a lot, right? I was not perfect. I made a bunch of mistakes, but I had a vision. I was compassionate. I was always, and I've always been a good listener. I grew into becoming a good speaker, a good talker, right? Because I understood what people actually really wanted and needed and wanted to hear and how comfortable they wanted to feel because it's how I would have wanted to feel. But more importantly, because I listened to them. I didn't just listen to respond. I didn't just listen and then try to get my point across and change them to understand things from my perspective. I listened and responded in a way in which, okay, they felt comfortable walking away from that conversation feeling like they were listened to and feeling like actual real change would be made, right? But I know you're probably wondering, and I was kind of thinking about this myself, you know, when did I realize that I was a good leader, right? And when did I realize, you know, the importance of leadership? One of the things that really led me into that was when I realized that leadership is a service. Point blank period. Right? You're helping, you're guiding, you're leading. It's a service. It's it's a high level, it's high level customer service, except you're serving the people who are working with you, right? And language matters. It's easy to say, oh yeah, they work for me, right? Because that but that implies a sort of power dynamic. Like, oh, they work for me. I pay them. They do what I say. No, 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 no. People work with you because there is an option for them not to work for you, right? You think you do things for your children. There's an obligation there, a lifelong obligation. Again, still a choice and an option not to do that. Tons of shitty parents out there, but you guys get what I mean when I say that, right? So you work for, you work with people right, on things to help them grow their company. When you have your own company, you want people to work with you to help you grow your company, to help you grow your vision, to help you expand your ideas, right, and to, and to function differently, right? And I think that's, those are the two biggest concepts I had to understand, you know, when I became a director, a manager, you know, even own my own bar, is that people work with me right? I want you to work with me to help me grow. Because if you're growing and if you're elevating and if you're changing, right, then that means so is my business. That means so am I. That means you can challenge me and I can challenge you. And by challenging one another, we can level up. Now, again, people with varying personalities can't deal with that, right? I think the pandemic has put a lot of people back into their box. What do I mean by back into their box? Some people don't like change. They can't deal with it. But more importantly, they don't like being forced or feel like they're being forced to do something. So to claim back that power that the pandemic took away from a lot of us, right? It took away a lot of our options to choose. We couldn't eat in restaurants. We literally couldn't eat in restaurants. We couldn't go to places that we wanted to go. We couldn't travel, right? And now jobs are saying you can't work here if you don't have a shop. It's taken away a lot of our control. Right, so what do we try to do to make up for that control? We try to control other little aspects of our lives—people, kids, boyfriends, girlfriends. Right, I want to feel like I have power again because the pandemic robbed us with a lot of that. Now, I'm going to talk about that in another show. That's that—that's deep. But I really want you to think about like who are you being led by? What kind of leader are you being led by? Right, and this really shaped my opinion on the workforce. It shaped how I work. It also a It shaped what what I allowed, what my expectations were in leadership and how I interviewed, right? By me being a leader, but I was also still being led even though I was a leader. I was director, I had a principal. I was a manager, I had a director, right? I was a bar owner, I had customers, right? I always had um, someone that I looked up to that was leading me, that was letting me know what I needed to do. Now here's, here's why I say that. What kind of leader are you being led by? Like really think about your boss, right? Um, and I'm going to give you an example of mine, and then we'll kind of dive deep, a little bit deep, you know, I keep these short, into what it means, uh, well, into what I mean when I say, who are you being led by and why, and why it's really important. Um, and again, I'm speaking on it from an expat's perspective, but also my transition back, right, my re-expatriation into the American workforce. Um, but my first boss, right, my first Taiwanese, <laughs> my first Taiwanese boss uh, was... Um, interesting, right? Because again, I was young and I was a manager and she was my director, right? Uh, she wanted no responsibility. Um, Sorry. So the first one I have, she wanted to delegate. Um, She loved delegation and she would assist, right? The first time. I, mean, I had the same boss twice. So the first time she was there, you know, she wanted to delegate, uh, but also assist. Uh, and she didn't want to deal with any of the hard stuff. Usually, she was really big on delegation and wanted to assist. She wanted to. She wanted control, and she wanted to help out when she wanted to help out, not when you actually needed her to help out. Right? She would help out when she felt like oh, I could do that. She felt like she couldn't do that. It was delegate and assist. Like that was it. That's exactly how she was. Right? Uh, and then the second one. Um, oh, and also, like she wanted not really. She didn't want any responsibility, but did want the praise. Right, So delegate and, uh, and also assist, um, but she wanted no responsibility, meaning something bad went wrong. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I delegated that to somebody else. That's their fault, but I will fix it because I'm the boss. Ooh, give me the praise for fixing the problem that I created or I could have stopped had I been involved. That was her. Crazy as hell, right? I know some of us have had bosses like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thing. It was crazy. I don't know how I flourished, uh, but she would also block some of the BS that was coming my way, but I also did a lot of blocking once I figured out how she managed the second one, right, she ended up leaving, left in tears because principal said, you ain't shit. Long story short, I'm not even going to get into details about that. Uh, the second one, uh, she didn't want neither. She didn't want to be happy because she had a very happy and privileged life. She had money, right? She was rich. She was like, I'm doing this just to help out because the other girl left, and I think I can do it because I speak good English. And then she got the job. She's like, man, this is a lot of work. Damn, Carl, you actually be out here moving. All right, you got my trust. But she would fight for us. When she saw things being blatantly done incorrectly, she would fight for us. She really would. However, she ain't do nothing. She was like, "Nah, you got it, yeah." Uh, Director Carl, oh yeah, you got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. Oh, we all happy. Woo! That sounds like a big problem. Yeah, everybody, let's just be happy about it. that. Was it like that? Was her complete management style? So that's when I grew as a leader because she wasn't trying to do nothing. So not that she didn't do anything. She was like, "Ah, oh, that sounds hard. Let's. What's the easiest way to go about it?" So I would try to. I would find the right way to go about doing things. Fine, whatever. And then I had another boss, the same one I had the first time. Shouldn't have been my boss again. Crazy story. I know I'm going to that. But she was the same, same person. Didn't change that much. Thought you did. Uh, Lied. People don't really change. That's where I got this theory from. Uh, But she wanted more of the praise and respect without doing any of the dirty work, right? Again, more praise and respect, right? Because she's like, oh, I've been doing this. I'm older now. I, I deserve respect. Look at my track record, which was, pretty crappy uh but then' doing it when I say dirty work like dirty work means the tough the uncomfortable conversations right like someone wasn't doing something oh Carl can you can can you handle that no oh, yeah man I mean it's kind of my job it's also yours too whatever oh man something bad happened I need you to be in this meeting with me because it's gonna be it's gonna be bad oh okay I feel like can do this shit yourself I got I gotta teach but cool you know do what you gotta do baby girl you know what I mean like it was it was very much so like that but whenever someone writes she fronts them hey yeah, that was me. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Our team. Oh, it's it's us. You went in that meeting when he was over there uh saying all the bad stuff about the kids and saying, oh, these little kids stupid. Like you went in that meeting, but she was in the meeting when we were talking, oh yeah, I like the kids, they did so well. They got they got a perfect score. Let me get in this picture. Like again, much so like that, right? Again, wanted all the praise and respect for doing any of the tough stuff. Wanted to just X out the tough stuff. I know what you guys are thinking. How'd you survive? I didn't realize what was going on the first time. I got smarter the second time. By the third time, I was like, you know what? Nah, uh-uh. I'm going to have my own stuff. I'm at my own podcast. I'm at my own bar. I'm going to be the kind of leader I want to be because I'm tired of being led by blind leaders. Now, I have had good leaders along the way. I had great principles each time. Well, two out of three times, right? And they were actually the guidance that I needed. But my direct report, um, until I became a director, my direct reports were just all, ugh. Yeah. Uh, but the principals were the ones who gave me, you know, inspiration, guidance, knowledge. Um, and that's where I learned, you know, certain leadership skills. But here's why I say that. Um, you know, I was fortunate to have a dual system, right? My leadership didn't just stop with one person. But because of the things, the bad, the wrong things I saw that was done, um, and me having the patience and being abroad and having bigger reasons to stay where I was outside of work, I dealt with that. But I not only dealt with it no they no, reached a point where i was like man i've been doing this for 3 years what am i learning where am i going how am i challenging myself and while those leaders where those leaders fell short i found myself thriving in right like oh you don't want to deal with conflict i i i can do that i don't mind i i know how to have these conversations now whether that's good or bad we can debate that all day but i learned how to deal with the tough things so when the good times came i was like oh man this is easy i literally left My job to go seek another job when it got easy, right? There was two years where everything was perfect. I had the perfect team from, I had the best supporting cast. I had an all-black team, right? Sorry, they were black and uh, I think Danny's from Colombian, black and Colombian team, right? They were just, it was just an amazing team and there were no conflicts, but every, no, sorry, there were conflicts, but conflicts that came up, my staff could deal with it rarely ever got to me. and If it did get to me, the solutions were already done. And I literally left because of that. So I say that to say, like, who are you being led by and why? Like, what kind of leader manager do you have? But more importantly, how is it fitting your needs? How are you growing? And the last thing to wrap up, remember I said I want to bounce back to what I said at the beginning. Um, what's really important is the type of work environment that you create. I was at the peak of my leadership and I had and I was a part of great leadership experiences when the team was high functioning, when they all felt respected. They felt they were paid for what they did. They had their freedom. But more importantly, the vibe when you walked into the office or logged into your Zoom call was good. Not just good sometimes, but great. No one felt like oh, another day. Right. And it's very, very, very hard to achieve that. Right. And the reason why I ask this is that. How is what you're doing now and how are you being led now? How is that preparing you for what you're trying to be in the future? Now, some of you may already be there. I'm already in the profession I want to be in, right? I'm already in the environment I want to be in. I already have the best leader. Everything is great, right? But things change and things change quickly. So if you're interested in moving on and moving up and having varying types of experiences in leadership roles or not leadership roles or just in different working environments, how are you being led? And who are you being led by? What are their goals for you? One of the most important things I found from being abroad and even coming back here is companies and jobs that don't ask you, where do you see yourself within the company after just a couple months of being there? To me, red flag thing, that's kind of a red flag. Like, hey, like you've been here, like, are you looking to grow within the company? Are you looking to garner experience and move on? And I know that's a hard thing to hear for you to tell your company. Yeah, I don't see myself being here for a long time. I don't want to get as much experience as I can. But... I'd rather, but you can. I'd rather be honest for me personally, because they may hear that and be like, again, know who you're talking to. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I didn't know that. Well, I hope that, you know, some of the products I put you on will, you know, speak your interest or let me know what kind of fields you're looking into. You know, that should be a part of the dialogue, right? But they should be checking on you. Like, hey, like, where do you see yourself going within this company? Right? What do you expect to learn? Especially if you're a seasoned, you know, person, you've been in your field, you've bounced around a few times. So, hey, like, what exactly are you looking for? in this experience, in being here, right? And this is how I plan on leading you. This is how I plan on guiding you to what you're working toward. The reason why I say that's important, some people don't want leadership and they're very specific about it. Hey, I've done it before, I'm cool. I'm fine where I'm at. i enjoy doing what I'm doing. That's perfectly fine to say. Some people are they are chasing the bag on the ladder. Hey, I'm trying to move up. I'm trying to get you know leadership experiences. I'm looking for that type of guidance. If you're being led by someone who can have that open dialogue with you, right, who's will- who challenges you, who expects and wants the best out of you, who isn't toxic, right, who plays to your strengths, right, acknowledges their weaknesses, and uses you as a catalyst to help them, as in, in addition to them helping you, that's the kind of vibe you want. And I got it, and I don't know. And the thing is, I don't know because I didn't work in America, you know, doing the quote-unquote prime of my life, my twenties and thirties. Like, I don't know, is that the expectation here? Is that how things are always done? I had a very, very different experience because I was leading in two different languages. I had to balance two different cultures. Here in America, I'm just, I'm readjusting to what American work culture is. In the middle of people adjusting to what American work culture is. Think about that. I came back during a pandemic. Everything culturally is different. I hear my coworkers now talk about How they used to work in the same office with each other and how different things were and how they're adjusting to being on Zoom calls. So I I entered a company that was adjusting to adjusting and I'm adjusting to adjusting to adjusting to adjusting. Like, it's crazy. But the most important thing is understanding what your final destination is, right, for you. It's your final destination. I want to retire 401k in a company that's going to give me good benefits long term. Or is it I want to use my experiences here to have that, you know, put five, 10 years into a company, have a solid 401k built up, but I'm trying to transition into my own, be, be my own person, my own boss, my own entrepreneur, right? Or is your final destination completely different? I want to win the lottery and retire. <laughs> like, you know, what is your final destination? But by, you understand, but by getting there, who is leading you and what type of leadership? you know, you have matters. And more importantly, if you are a leader, what kind of leader you are matters, right? Because people bunny bunny hop, leapfrog people all the time. They start and branch off all the time. Are you uplifting people so to put them in a position to be better leaders than you, equal leaders to you, or right? equal providers as you? That's important because it shapes where your final destination will be. Like, it's one thing, people who have all this power, like, oh, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, and their employees hate them. There is no up for them. Because believe it, believe it or not, you may be really good at what you do. If everybody hates you, eventually the person above you, if there is, is going to recognize that. It's not going to work out for that long. Like, you'll have your peak, but then you also have your downfall. And during your downfall, the people that you helped along the way, those are the ones that pick you up. I'm not saying everybody's going to have a downfall. You know, I'm not negative like that. But, you know, life is bumpy. Things happen all the time. Have to brace and be prepared for that. But, yeah, I just wanted to touch on leadership, you know, and final destinations. Again, I'm going to three-part this. Not in a row, obviously, but I'm going to retouch on final destinations because I think leadership matters. Again, I'm very fortunate now to have four amazing women, four or five amazing women in leadership positions where I work that do amazing things. And I feel inspired and energized working with them every single day, right? Because it's just the energy is just unmatched. And that's important, right? Y'all talk about energies and crystals and zodiac signs and all that. Well, look at it around you. You're a Capricorn. Are you okay with being led by a Virgo? They crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you're a Virgo. Listen, you ain't crazy. You just got some issues. But uh, Scorpios, are y'all cool being led by, 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 by uh, Gemini's? Apparently Geminis mean mean uh two people. Right? That's Erica, my Virgo friend. That's why I said that. I just talked to her a few seconds ago and she was like, Yeah, Virgo's crazy. That's why I said that, y'all. I got nieces and my grandma, they also Virgos. They ain't crazy. Don't, don't, don't uh cancel me. But feel free to shout me out on, on Twitter for talking about Virgos. I got more material. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But anyway, that's enough of me talking that talk. You guys be on the lookout. I am releasing, I'm back on YouTube. Back on YouTube this weekend. Uh, Patrons, I'm back on content this weekend Um, Yeah, I'm just I'm just inspired, I'm excited I'm happy, I hope you guys are too Hey, and if you ain't being led by Good people, leave Request more, demand more i will be darned if I'm going to take Somebody going to tell me what to do and then they suck (laughs) I I can't do that Nah, demand more Get more because you deserve more I'm Carl The Black Expat We are out of here.